Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I hold here in my hand a simple cross. It is not by any means a pretty cross, but then again, the cross of Christ in its truest form and purpose was never meant to be pretty, but rather it was meant to signify death, pain, torture, and the crushing authority of Roman rule. Now this cross, it looks like something you might find in the checkout line of a five and dime store, or perhaps something that might come in the Cracker Jack box. It's cheap, it's plastic, and its design does not do it any favors. But this cross has a story. It is a story that lends some value to this cross for me. This story is probably why I didn't simply stuff it in the glove compartment or the console of my car, only to find it months later and think, now where the heck did I get this and throw it away? I was on my way to Baptist Hospital to visit a parishioner post-surgery. I had it all planned out. It was four o'clock. So I would have time to visit with said parishioner, stop by Deep South Pops for an orange mango popsicle, and make it back to the chapel in time to do the 5.30 healing service and grab a quick bite to eat at Wednesday night supper before capping off my night in the most exciting of ways, by attending a vestry meeting. I walked into Baptist Hospital prepared and ready. I walked into Baptist Hospital with my Book of Common Prayer under my arm and oil in my pocket for anointing. A gentleman dashed up to me in the lobby and asked if I had a couple of minutes to spare. He looked as if he was maybe visiting someone in the hospital. Obviously, he had seen my collar and needed some pastoral care, or so I thought. I thought perhaps a family member or a friend was in surgery and he needed someone to talk to. He needed someone to pray with him, someone to be with him in that moment. I put on my pastoral care hat and said, sure, what can I do for you? It's not what you can do for me, but it's what I can do for you, was his reply. Now that threw me for a loop. But before I could respond, he took out this blue cross from his pocket and said, What do you think when you see a cross? 
Well, many unpriestly thoughts and words ran through my mind about this man, especially after he asked me that question, Sir, are you saved? What does this man, who does this man think he is? Does he not see this collar around my neck? Does he not know that I am a priest? Does he not know that every Sunday I go to church at least twice? Does he not see me with this book of common prayer under my arm and know that I am here to visit with someone who is sick? How dare he ask me, a priest in the church of Jesus Christ, if I am saved? Why did he pick me out? Why didn't he talk to anyone else walking through these doors? Well, the conversation continued with his questions and my answers as he carefully untied a knot in the string that holds this cross. And with his every question, my answers stuck so close to the creed. What happened to Jesus on the third day, he asked. Well, on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. <laughs> Where is he now? On the fortieth day after his resurrection, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father until he comes to judge the living and the dead, of course. He seemed impressed. Will you see Jesus someday, he asked. I believe I may already have. When you die, will you go to heaven? Yes. He ended by saying this. Sir, the gospel has just been preached to you in less than two minutes. Most people don't have time to talk with me. I appreciate your time. Then he handed me this cross and disappeared into the depths of the hospital walls. God bless that man wherever he is at this moment. But though I earned my blue cross from this mystery man in the lobby of Baptist Hospital, the questions he asked were about my belief in Jesus Christ, and my answers responded accordingly, as though I had memorized some textbook, as though I had passed some test. However, in our gospel lesson today, Jesus did not ask us to believe in him. He asked us to follow him. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. There is no questioning from this mysterious man if I follow Christ. We do not talk about the baptismal covenant. We do not talk about following Christ means loving my neighbor as myself. We do not talk about following Christ means welcoming the stranger or searching for Christ in all persons. We do not talk about following Christ means accepting others, especially if they are different from me or loving the poor. And we do not talk about how I fall short in all of these ways of following Christ. All we talked about was my belief in Jesus Christ and not my following Jesus Christ. And believing and following are two different things. Take Peter, for example. Poor, poor Peter. My New Testament professor said that Peter is the head of the class, the star student. He is the one who often speaks up either earning him praise from his master, like our gospel lesson last week, or shooting himself in the foot, like he does today. Last week and this week, Peter speaks up. Last week, he was rewarded. This week, he is chastised. 
Peter, the rock of last Sunday, has become Peter, the stumbling block this Sunday. Last week, Peter believed in Jesus. This week, he has a hard time following Jesus. This is because Jesus' plan is not Peter's plan. Peter's Messiah is not a Messiah that is going to Jerusalem to be killed, or better yet, to lay down his own life. That is not the Messiah. Peter's Messiah offers hope for Israel, hope that Roman rule will be crushed and Israel will live free once again in the land that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob gave to them. Peter believes Jesus is the Messiah, but after Jesus' prediction that he will be killed, it is hard for Jesus to follow, or it is hard for Peter to follow Jesus the Messiah. Often we are like Peter. We are too focused on believing in Jesus rather than following Jesus. We believe in Jesus, yes, but we refuse to see Christ in those with whom we disagree. We believe in Jesus, but we readily condemn others. We believe in Jesus, but we have a hard time welcoming the stranger because of our fear of that stranger. We believe in Jesus, but we fail to respect the dignity of every human being we believe in Jesus, but we love ourselves and our possessions more so than our neighbors. It is hard to follow Jesus. Just ask Peter. Though we believe, we all too often fall short of following. It was never meant to be easy, and our gospel passage today highlights that hardship. But make no mistake, when we were baptized, when you were baptized, you were baptized into a following. The Christian life is not about believing, but about following. Salvation is not about being saved, but following the one who saves. So I do not ask you if you are a believer or are you saved, but rather I ask you, are you a follower? Amen.